Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm your host, Dana Keys. If you're tuning in for the first time, we've got over 200 episodes for you to listen to. So go check our back catalog, like, subscribe, do all that. If you're just tuning in this week for the first time, this is the second in a three-episode series with author TJ Woodward. Today, we're going to discuss how to implement spirituality in your recovery. Basically, I'm at that point in my recovery where I'm looking for something more, not something more like you know, 12 steps aren't working for me, but just something spiritual, something I can really sink my teeth into that connects to my heart. And that's why I have TJ on the show, because I know there's a lot of you out there looking for the same thing. You're maybe stagnant in your recovery. You're not growing as fast as you'd like to, or you just feel disconnected and you need more. Let's join the conversation and do this together. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm joined in studio again by my special guest, TJ Woodward. You can listen to yesterday's episode uh, to hear who he is and to hear about his story. Today, we're going to talk about Conscious Recovery, which is a book you've written. Yeah. So one thing I got about talking to you in our last episode is how conscious and, you know, I mean, just self-realized you are. And which is a great thing to see for somebody in recovery, especially for somebody like me, who because I only have four years and I'm looking for the thing. I'm like, where's my spirituality? Because, you know, once I've got the steps, you know, once I've done all 12, all 12 steps and, and I've gotten some sponsees and I work my program, it's like, OK, now where's my spirituality going to come from? And I'm constantly like looking for it. Like, is it there? Is it there? And just a lot of uh, obviously stuff, you know, from. A Course in Miracles and things like that resonates with me. So I'd really like to hear about conscious recovery. Well, I'm super grateful that you started with that because that was exactly my experience throughout my life. The way you framed it is so perfect, right? I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. And usually we're looking for it out there or up there somewhere. Right? Yeah, so right. Early... Or with the chemicals, you know, before right, we sure. get clean and sober, we're looking for it. You know, we're finding it and looking for it with the chemicals. Absolutely. But yeah, once that goes away... Yeah, and and we talked about this in um, our other episode that I remember coming into the world being absolutely filled with joy. And so Conscious Recovery, when I wrote the book, it was a culmination of my own 30-plus years at that time of recovery and over a decade of working in the addiction treatment field. And it started with a question. Conscious Recovery started with this question, and it's going to speak to what you just said. That question is, what if... Underneath all addictive behavior is a whole and perfect spiritual being. In other words, what if we called off the search and rested in a deeper truth of who and what we are? What if it's right here within us the whole time and that we come into this world whole and perfect and then all the shit happens and we build the walls like we talked about in the last episode and disconnect and have the shame and all these beliefs about ourselves and the world and we're in all of our strategies to feel safe, but all the while underneath all of that, we're this whole and perfect spiritual being. Wow. That's like, okay. So, I mean, I believe that I'm just saying, so once you realize that, okay, here's, here's what I'm thinking would be, would make that like a difficult conclusion to come to at some point is, um, that we're so clouded 
by negativity and we're and, and by you know uh, by our character defects and by resentments and I mean one thing I'm learning about right now is forgiveness because that's one of my hardest things like I'm a big grudge holder I don't like that's my least favorite character defect like I'm fine with being a sloth I love that <laughs> you know I'll just nurse that one but the but the resentment one and the, and the grudge holding like that. That's the one that I really get a lot of pain from. You know, it causes a lot. It causes me a lot of pain, and uh, you know, and I have. I'm one of those people who has to get in a certain amount of pain before they want to make a change. Right. You know, like. But how do you find? So, like your your inner you, like the original who you are, is a whole perfect being. How do you find it? Well, is it okay if I say something controversial? Absolutely. Okay. So I'm not a big fan of the term character defects, and I'm gonna okay. Sh- I'm gonna Th- share I'm fine. Why. That's okay. Okay, go ahead. Because if it's true that underneath all of this, I'm a whole imperfect spiritual being. What if instead of character defects, I called them brilliant strategies? You have to go with me for a moment mm-hmm. on I'm this. I'm following. And usually. For, for me in my own journey and certainly in the people I've worked with, it's really about the, the level of the volume, right? So this isn't my uh, – Dr. Wayne Dyer said character defects are only character assets with the volume turned up too high. I love that, right? He and did? So he did. Oh, my – I literally, like – Want to stop this episode and go back in time and highlight that and make it stick in my brain. Right. I'm going to have to listen well, to this he, one over and over. Here, that is, we'll say it one more time. Character defects are only character assets with the volume turned up too I high. love it. So conscious recovery is a really different approach because we're not looking at what's broken. Um, we can go really deep and talk about the quantum field, but the observer has a profound effect. And I noticed that most modalities, most treatment modalities and recovery support groups tend to focus on what's broken. And what I'm offering is what if, I like what if, what if we started looking at ourselves and each other through this lens of wholeness and perfection. It doesn't mean that I haven't had all sorts of absurd behavior. It doesn't mean I haven't harmed others. But every time I've harmed myself or another, it's because I have forgotten that essential truth. I was believing a lie about myself. So recovery then becomes about unlearning. So in conscious recovery, I identify the three root causes of addiction as unresolved trauma, spiritual disconnection, and toxic shame. And then the first two important steps in recovery is creating safety, internal and external safety, and then unlearning. What's all the BS belief systems that I need to let go of, unlearn, so that I can return to this place of wholeness? When you said a second ago, you said the observer, were you talking about... um when you say that, do you mean like I, the the me that's observing myself? It can be, yeah. So, okay. so in quantum mechanics, what we're recognizing is that the observer has an effect. So in scientific studies, they're they're recognizing now that if they go into a study looking for a specific result, there's a higher probability that they're going to find what they were looking for. It is profound. It's that is that is that is totally profound. I just love that it's scientific as well because I always say that about when people go. On on the internet i'm like you're gonna find proof of whatever it is you're looking for exactly like, and and i can ex- find the exact opposite like and i can argue your point by searching for the same thing it's like everybody's searching for things and it's like everything out there has been put there by other people who are we're all flawed a little bit you know what i mean it's like we're all humans so it's like it's all put out there it's other information that's all put out there by other people who also you know are just people <laughs> so right and so if i observe myself 
um, or another person. Let's say I'm working with someone as a sponsor sponsee or I'm working with someone as a counselor. If I'm looking for what's broken, because when I started working in the field a decade ago, I realized that the counselors and therapists, for the most part, were trained to diagnose and treat. Right. So let me diagnose what's wrong with you and then help you fix that problem. I'm not saying that's not useful. It's just there's another possibility here as well. So conscious recovery is intended to augment any kind of therapy someone's doing, any kind of support group they're attending. It's to add to it the possibility that if I start looking at myself through the lens of wholeness rather than brokenness, I'm going to find more of that. And I'm going to realize that these were lies I picked up about myself anyway, a belief that I'm broken, a belief that I'm damaged, a belief that the world is an effed up place. All of these beliefs are held deep in our um, unconscious and it's creating what we call reality. So we've got to get down there and really unlearn some of that. Right. Like uh, when the thing you said about Dr. Wayne Dyer when he said um, character defects are just character assets with the volume turned up. Like I just want to um, take a specific one and see how we can get to that conclusion. Great. Okay. Um, let me think. How about let me? I'll have to. I'll just go with my personal list. Um, entitlement. Oh, I love entitlement. This one. Okay. Oh, this. You, you, you're. 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 You spoke to my favorite one. Oh, I did. Okay. That's mine too. This is really fun. I act on it all the time. Okay, so <laughs> here we go down a journey. We're okay. Taking a journey, and this is really at the core of conscious recovery. The issue with most modalities is they're focusing on symptoms and behaviors instead of getting down to the root causes, right? And I like to use the analogy of a seed. If you plant a maple seed, you're going to get a maple tree. And if you plant a I'm not worthy seed, you're going to get an I'm not worthy tree. And then we're walking around the world feeling unworthy and we develop a strategy to try to offset the core belief. So entitlement is a belief that someone's like full of themselves or they deserve all the best. But usually underneath that is the opposite. Right. Usually there's a core belief of I'm not worthy. So we're not going to even look at the entitlement. We're not even going to look at that. We're going to look at what's underneath it at the root. And once we start to heal the I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough, then we recognize we no longer need to be entitled in the world. Now, I don't know if that worked with Wayne Dyer's definition, but that's really the conscious recovery approach. Right. It made total, it made total sense to me. Yeah. Like it worked with what I had. I mean, that was like a perfect answer to my question. So yeah, and thank has you. Has that felt true to you? That's exactly. I totally yeah. see that. It's like, it's like, I mean, there's a lot of times that, you know, I'm doing the, the steps cause you know, this, the, like the, the program of recovery I work, um, was I think invented like in the, sometime in the thirties. And, um, so I, I stick, stick to what the book says and, and do things by the book, but there are things where I'm just like, you know, where it gets to a point where I go, okay, not that I argue with the program at all. It's just that I go, okay, wait a second. I don't, it's not that I'm bad, you know, because I've been in treat. I've been in a lot of treatment centers, and there was one in particular um, that's in San Diego County, and it's for chronic relapsers, or as they used to call it, it's for the reluctant to recover. <laughs> so in there, there was almost a lot of uh, like that old school Narconon type stuff where it was like, you need to be shown that you suck, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, And I mean, there was literally a group where you told everyone your deepest, darkest uh, fears and the woman who ran the treatment center would would just basically be like, you know what, you're a spoiled asshole. 
Right. You know, and who do you think you are? And, and it, it, you think you're great. And it's like, no, I hate myself. So, so you're speaking to something that is near and dear to my heart. That is what I call trimming the branches, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's if, if that's the outpicturing of the core belief or that's the strategy. That's the part that we see. And if shame is one of the driving forces of addiction and we come in and say you're a piece of shit and you're broken and you need to be torn down and you need to know, I think we're actually re-damaging a person. And I, wanna, I agree. I yeah, totally agree. I know you do. Yeah. And so we, what we're doing with conscious recovery is recognizing that there's something much deeper happening and that we developed these core beliefs about ourselves and this core, really the belief in our own brokenness at a very early age with very limited information, just like we talked about in the last episode. I believed that I was fundamentally flawed at age seven mm. and it got trapped there. So all of my strategies were to try to not let anyone see that. My addiction, my stealing, my overspending, all of that was please don't see how damaged I feel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not I think I deserve this. Exactly. Because on the surface, I did think I deserved it. Right. I was super entitled. But what was driving it was I feel completely broken. Yes. Right. So conscious recovery allows us to get down underneath it. And I want to say something about 12 step because 12 step saved my life. One of the things that is in the literature of 12 step that a lot of people forget is that the original people said, we realize we know only a little. Yes. There will be more, more will dis- be revealed. More yes. will be revealed. So we're in a profound era God, That's now. such a good, that's, I never, you're right. That's one of those things. It's just blah, 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 blah. And the pre, you know, that I never really, but that's a great point that, that goes with this, that yeah. goes with, with, you know, finding your spirituality. And there's no, and there's no, if, if it's true that there's not a cookie cutter approach, like if there's not one reason, I don't, I don't think there's one reason all of us have addiction. I think it's multifaceted and it's individual and there's a lot of different ways that we can recover. So conscious recovery, interestingly enough, the, the audience that is resonating, I think the most with it are people that have been sober for a few years that have said, there's got to be something more or right. I haven't quite worked with some of this deeper stuff or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all of my sponsorship. I'm doing everything, but there's just this yearning for a deeper connection. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. That's exact. It's so I like this, this episode could not be more timely. Like I, you know, turned four and that's exactly how I'm feeling. I'm like, wait, <laughs> where's the rest of it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And I and it's like my friends who I look at and I'm like, do they go to more meetings than me? Why, do they, why are they like that? How come they have this whole, you know, or they're my friends who have what I want, you know, who I, I want to think like are very spiritual. Yeah. You know, and they do a lot of work on their spirituality. When you're talking about all this, I couldn't help but wonder, because we were talking about that model of treatment that's like um, confrontational, I guess would be the way. And that's almost like, you know, that's the prison method. It's all they treat. And I'm wondering, how would this work in prison? I will. Like, like, what if we, what if, what if conscious recovery was brought to the prisons, you know? How amazing would that be? I know. (laughs) Because we, we a long time ago, to shift gears into, into, you know, more authenticity you know we have we we live in a society that punishes Mm. and we live in a society that has long since moved beyond rehabilitation in the prison system to punishment and we live in a paradigm of good bad right wrong and most of the stories that we watch in movies are the good guy and the bad guy right Mm -hmm. and we know that that's not i know let me say it for me i know that's not the truth where we are all 
whole and perfect spiritually. We come into this world and we come into systems that that break us, break our spirits like we talked about in the last episode. And then all this absurd behavior comes from that brokenness. Mm. I would love to see conscious recovery offered in the prison system to help people get back to their their original perfection. Um, I work, my, my, my program, my curriculum is run at multiple different treatment programs. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask because so I have the book here. But yeah. where where is it? Is it just something that only certain treatment centers offer uh do you have to be there do you do you train people basically to go in there and and be the professional who yes. runs the groups and, yeah so okay. there, there's a book there's a workbook and then there's curriculum oh, there's a workbook there's a workbook it's amazing on it you can get all of it on amazon but the, what's it called conscious recovery, oh, okay. workbook. Conscious recovery workbook yeah okay and uh there's curriculum that i've created for residential and outpatient treatment programs and i go in and train the clinicians but what am i really training i'm training them on how to hold a space and look for someone's wholeness instead of looking for brokenness <sighs> and we're having profound results i mean it's profound the results and I had this idea that probably like some of the guys that are like a little rough around the edges kind of coming from the streets you know they might not like this this might seem a little out there for Mm -hmm. them and I went to one of the treatment programs and this guy was like I mean he was a dude right Right. and he at first he was like I didn't know what this BS was all this stuff about light and love and but he did the workbook and he ended up having this profound experience and it really shifted him so I think it's accessible to all people because it's a fundamental truth right fundamental truth of our own wholeness instead of brokenness oh i love that and it's usually the ones that are the toughest that are like that that are are the most hurt because that's all that's always been my mo is i was you know an angry defiant kid because i was sad and hurt you know like that's and even now when i when you know something makes me want to cry anger is my first it's the first feeling i get that i have to go no no that's not it you know and anger is the strategy Yes. So, so this is what I do with strategies. Okay. okay? Yeah. Well, mostly in, in our world, we call those coping mechanisms. Uh-huh. I've changed them to brilliant strategies. And I always start with gratitude. Thank you, anger. I know you have helped me. You have served me well over the years. Right. You've been there Gotten for me. Gotten me out of some things. Yeah. And now I'm recognizing that it's okay for me to start feeling because there's there's emotions underneath the anger, right? Mm-hmm. And it may not feel safe to feel them, even though intellectually you look around the room and say, I feel safe. Really, though, that little girl inside of you still is like, it's too scary to feel this. So if we surrender the anger and thank the anger, again, it's like you have served me really well. And now I'm going to give myself the attention that I need. It's OK to feel this. Right. And there are there is some kind of an unco- I'm sure it's not just me, but, but there is some kind of an unconscious thought where, OK, this one hurts so bad it's going to kill me. Absolutely. You know, like it, it's and it's not like obviously I, I can't I don't logically think a feeling is going to kill me. I would never agree with somebody if they said I'm going to die from that. I'd be like, no, you're not. But when I get it, I think that's what causes the anger is like. Oh, if I feel that, it's going to literally kill me. Right. Well, because if, if you were five or four or seven or eight, it did feel like it was going to kill you. And then the strategy is fight, flight, or free. So anger is a fight strategy. Right. And I mean, it can be also a flight. I'm out of here. I'm angry. I'm pissed mm-hmm. off. I'm leaving. Yeah. Slam the door. Yeah. But it's a defense. It's a wall. And so we start by thanking the strategy for all the years of protection. Right. And then get curious about what really is going on and how do I create a space? And that's where the safe space comes in. Right. And like once you do, so once you do thank you know, so like you thank the anger 
and then you're ready to look at the feeling that's going on beneath the anger, what do you do with it then? So I have a process in my workbook that's a a self-parenting exercise, and obviously I'm not the person that created the idea of self-parenting, but it's really a very simple, I like simple, a simple framework, and that is um, the little girl or boy within us that had that initial trauma um, we, it, she's still in there needing mm. attention, right? So I offer three things that we start to dialogue with her. It's okay to feel that way. It's safe for you. And I'm here for you now. Okay. It's okay to feel that way. You're safe now. I'm here for you. And it's a whole process we walk through where we start to integrate because I don't use the word trigger. I use the word activation, Because trigger implies that someone or something is responsible for what I'm feeling. You know, that liquor store triggered me. My boyfriend triggered me. Right. But really it touched something within me. Right. So it it activated something. So if we can be more curious about what got activated than who or what did it, we we take our power back. Right. I like that because I always think of like, you know, my disease, the ism as like a sleeping tiger. Mm. And whenever like I get a reaction to something, that's, that's how I think about it, too, is like it got woken up. Yes. It was just like, what happened? You know, like it was in a deep sleep and then it woke up and it's ready. Right. And I have to be like completely conscious of that. How many treatment centers can conscious recovery be found in? Well, it I my vision is that it's going to be in every treatment program in the world. Right now, there are five programs in the Bay Area using it. Um, Elevate Addiction Services was the first to use it, and they actually just won this prestigious award today. Oh, where they were a third, an independent third party um, looked at the efficacy of their treatment, and they they were the number two treatment program in the country for long-term results. So I'm grateful to be a small part of that, but they're a mindfulness-based program. They have a CrossFit gym. They're amazing. And then- that's beautiful. I love hearing that because I, I, there was another guest I have on the show who's like the, I think the chairperson for the uh, ethics in recovery committee. And cause there are some just shady stuff that goes on in treatment Absolutely. centers. So I love hearing about treatment centers that are about mind, body, and spirit. Yes. Not about, you know, like, let's get get you out, get the next guy in, we're making yeah. money, money, money. You know, like, just putting dollar signs on addicts' heads. That's, yeah, and unfortunately, that's happened in this industry. So. Right, but so I love that, that one, like, elevated recovery, like the place that you're talking about, is being recognized and acknowledged for yes. being different than that. That Absolutely. makes me happy. Yeah, so five treatment programs so far, all in the Bay Area, but I'm working with some other ones uh, to be integrating in 2020. I can see this being everywhere. I mean, like, there's lots of treatment centers that I can think of where I I know they would love doing something like this. And especially, like, you know, it's like when you get into one that's just like a 28-day, it's like, oh, my God, the stuff isn't out of your system in 28 days. You know what I mean? Like, in 28 days, I was, like, in the treatments that I told you about that I went through in Southern California, like, in 28 days, I was still kicking heroin. Like, I still hadn't slept. I was still paranoid and kind of hallucinating and seeing things. And, like, it's, like, it's it's the long-term recovery that, like, then you get to, like, actually work on the stuff. You've got to get the chemicals out of your body first. Absolutely. Yeah. So so don't pick up the conscious recovery book while you're loaded and try to process it. <laughs> I, I, I think I agree with that statement. Yeah. God, I say that. I'm talking to myself because I used to do that. Like, I have so many amazing self-help books, you know, like Jack Kornfeld. Like, right. I mean, just, and, and like Marianne Williamson. It's like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm just, I have to laugh at thinking about myself, you know 
email 15 years ago being like, I'm unhappy and drinking while I'm reading it. Yeah, <laughs> I know? mean, I remember going to therapy and talking about my relationship issues, but I was not mentioning all the ecstasy that I was using. Exactly. I know. I've done so much loaded <laughs> therapy. It's like, God, I wish I could just get a refund for that and go back now. <laughs> no. Well, so the book is called Conscious Recovery. The author is T.J. Woodward. I feel like I'm talking like Larry King now. <laughs> I'm like, the book is Conscious Recovery. Uh, it's it says a fresh perspective on addiction, and I love that. And you can buy it on Amazon, and it, there's an accompanying workbook. Yes. Of course, and uh, if you have more questions about T.J., you can go to tjwoodward.com, or you can write us Radio Rehab at gotoproductions.com. That's go-toproductions.com. We will be back again in studio with TJ discussing uh, resistance and politics, which is a crazy thing to happen and to go through when you're clean and sober. I'd like to thank TJ Woodward, my guest on this week's series of episodes on Radio Rehab. That show was so great. I can't even tell you how much I got out of it. I love when I'm able to offer an episode to you guys that I feel like I learn more from than anybody else. Like, I got so much out of that that it's amazing. I hope you all go buy TJ's book, Conscious Recovery. And I hope you all listen tomorrow when I continue my conversation with TJ Woodward. If you would like to contact us, it's 415-496-9511. Even when we're not in studio, you can email radiorehab at gotoproductions.com. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's at Radio Rehab Dana. Keep coming back.